Emergency podcast time. We talked about this topic a lot yesterday with Derek Piper on the podcast, but the news becomes official today that Kofi Coburn is coming back to college, but where he is he going back to college is the big question now, but Kofi Coburn has withdrawn his name from the NBA draft before the NCAA deadline on Wednesday. And uh, so he maintains his college eligibility, but he is in the transfer portal and he will remain in the transfer portal and Illinois will remain an option, but they will have competition. We'll dive into all of those details and we welcome back Joey Wagner to the Online Inquirer podcast after a nice weekend away, a wedding with a friend, Joey Welcome back to the Illini Beat with uh, some of the biggest news in college basketball this offseason. And, of course, it surrounds Illinois. Did I miss anything while I was gone? All I missed was a couple ba- a basketball commit, a couple football commits, and he come back right in time for the, the Kofi news. And I'll tell you, Jeremy, I was thinking about this r- right after the news broke that Kofi was withdrawing. And, and outside of name image likeness, right, which is the biggest news in college sports, and it's going to be as we all continue to kind of see how this plays out, I don't know that there's a bigger college basketball story right now because a lot of the other questions you had about who will stay, who will go have really solidified themselves. And for the most part, most of who who decided to come back to college came back to the team that they left to begin with. So now you have this seven foot, 300 pound monster of a human trying to find out where he's playing his next season. And by the way, he's going to elevate you three or four rungs up the ladder, wherever he ends up. So it's really a kind of a crazy time. It's emblematic of everything we've seen and the changes of college athletics. And it just so happens to be Illinois is kind of right at the heart of this thing, watching this play out in real time and, and actively being a part of it playing out. Yeah, so let's get into some of the news that has come out today. Andrew Slater, who's been all over uh, Kofi Coburn news, uh, was the first to report it. Uh, Tipton Edits then followed it up. But I, I think the most significant information we found is from Jonathan Gavoni, who's a great NBA draft writer, uh, now at ESPN, founded Draft Express. Uh, Kofi gave him some really intriguing quotes. Uh, he said, I'm pretty much open. There's a possibility I return to Illinois and a possibility I don't. I want to make a quick decision as soon as possible. I don't want to go back and forth. I'm going to take some visits, but I'm not sure where. And then he said that Kentucky is among his options with Orlando Antigua, uh, now gone from Illinois where he recruited Coburn to, uh, and now back at Kentucky with John Calipari. Coburn said of Antigua, he's the reason I went to Illinois. When he left along with Chin Coleman, I decided to go in the portal to leave my options open. Kentucky, it's a serious option. Antigua is my guy. I'm going to consider them, but there are a lot of schools. I wasn't really focused on that while I was in the NBA draft. Now I can take my time and evaluate it better. So in one breath, or maybe this is a message, but in one message he says, I want to do this as quickly as possible. The other one he says, take my time and evaluate my options. It is clear he is evaluating his options. And this is what college basketball players now can do, right? And one of his options now is to make money playing college basketball. If this is a year ago, I don't think Kofi Coburn's coming back to college. I think he's going to go make money playing basketball somewhere. Well, somewhere is now in college and he can make a lot of money as one of the faces of college basketball. And now he can get into the transfer portal and see what his best opportunity to succeed, whether that's financially or on the court. I think he'll succeed anywhere on the court, Joey. He is one of the most significant college basketball transfers of all time. I really mean that. Like, I haven't found yet in my research another guy who 
earned All-American status, consensus All-American status, and then transferred from that school the next year. I haven't found that yet. This is one of the most significant transfers in college basketball history. And yes, it is an Illinois player potentially here going somewhere else. So what's your biggest takeaway from from Kofi's statements uh, to Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN? I think it was that Kentucky is a serious option, which may sound silly because I think all of us, since he announced he was in the portal last week, thought, okay, that could be an option. And we connected the very dots that he laid out for us today, but he said it right. It, yep. it, it would all, it was all, well, this makes sense. And maybe some, some rumblings from this pocket of the country or this pocket of the country. And now the rumblings are from Kofi and he puts that out there and says, that's on the table on the surface it's really not that surprising. It's just, it's not. I mean, it's all why we thought this was happening or why we thought that could happen. But to hear him say it, it's like, okay, this is this is really something. I, I really didn't think his other statements were that profound because what else is he supposed to say? I mean, I'm in the portal, but I'm leaning towards X, Y, or Z. That, that doesn't help you for teams that aren't X, Y, or Z. Right. So it, that was like, okay, I get it. The, the, Visits are going to be interesting because kind of, as you mentioned, you don't, this doesn't really happen quickly and you take visits, or I guess maybe I'm have a different understanding of what quickly means because it seems like to do that in a way that you would hope it it would take a little more time. So uh, frankly, I I kind of got hung up on the Kentucky thing and, and maybe, you know, we don't have the context of the interview, but you know, maybe he was specific. I mean, it sounded like when it was Kentucky question mark, if I'm remembering the transcription, right? So he was specifically asked about it, obviously for good reason. Yeah. But we don't know who else is going to get involved here. And if <laughs> a lot of people would love to, right? Yeah, but like how much, it. how much will, you know, he be interested in other options when Illinois is, is a strong option, right? right. Kentucky is a, a strong option. Like if that's your one, two list, I don't know how much further you need to go. If you're Kofi Coburn, then, potentially two of the best teams in the country if he's on those teams. Uh, one he's very familiar with, the other one he's very familiar with an assistant, and obviously it's a blue book. That's what I, I was going to say. Is you're not really starting over in any of those two instances, obviously more so at Kentucky than you are at Illinois because you've been there for two years. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure, Jeremy, over the course of the next 36, 48 hours, there are going to be rumblings that so-and-so is in play, so-and-so is trying to get in play, and, and – like you said, everybody should try to do this because it's Kofi Coburn. And if there were anybody, if, if it goes elsewhere, if there's anybody who could have their jersey up in two places in college, like he's got the physical and basketball potential to do that. Um, it's really, man, it, the more you think of it, it's just a very wild ride here. And I honestly don't even feel like we've hit the peak yet. You know, it's amazing for Kentucky is he might be number two of two options at the center position with Duran, the top 22 prospect who's probably going to reclassify to 21, possibly as their number one. So um, that that is what it is like to be a blue blood right now. But yes, I mean, Kofi Coburn. I mean, just yeah. another body up there. You right? said Oscar Sheba. Yeah, I was talking over you, but Oscar Sheba. Yeah, I mean, he's he just transferred there from West Virginia, and I'm sure he's like, wait, what? What? Uh, what's going on here? Uh, but I mean, Kofi Coburn changes any team. Changes any team in the country. Like Illinois, if Coburn comes back, you might go from preseason number 35, 40, right, in the rankings. I don't know if that's where they are, but somewhere around there, to potentially a top 10 team, right? Uh, Kentucky, you add, you know, Kofi Coburn to that, you're a top five team probably uh, coming into the preseason. He was number three among Power Five players in, in player efficiency rating last year behind Luca Garza and Drew Timmy. 
So I, we know how good he is. He's a legend here uh, at Illinois. What is going to be really interesting, Joey, is, is what is he looking for? Like, obviously he wants more options. So he feels like maybe Illinois isn't my best option right now. Is it? Is it money? And I can't blame him if that's what it is. But I still feel, and I have no market research behind this, I still feel like if we're talking NIL money, I feel like Illinois is still the most marketable place for him because he's already a legend here. Illinois fans will buy whatever he is selling. I think this market, uh, even though it's smaller than Lexington, will be all in on him. While Kentucky, you got to spread the wealth with how much talent is there, right? Like here, it's Tim and Andre Corbello are, are the main ones. And yeah, Trent Frazier will get a little here. Maybe DeMonte Williams gets a little here. But like it's those two guys if, if, if he wants to come back. And those two can really work well off each other, as I was talking about yesterday. But you also got the Chicago market right there. And I also think long term. I mean, you're talking about Jersey hanging in two places. I don't know if he'd have a Jersey at Kentucky, even if he's not American, right? Like it's just, that's, that place is different. I mean, the, the, the guys who have come through there, Kofi's one of the best of all time at, at Illinois. And if he does it for another year, I think long-term, you just talk about opportunities and, you know, connections you make. Some of those would be severed if, if he left here. I mean, let's, let's be honest with you. I mean, you'd still appreciate what he did here, but it just wouldn't be the same. So I still feel like that, but I mean, obviously you are very marketable at Kentucky. He'd be a great player there. He'd be playing for one of the biggest brands in college basketball and, you know, college sports in general. But I just think if, if it's money, I feel like Illinois has is a great thing here. But if it's if it's something more personal, right, along with money, if it's just like, hey, my guy left, Orlando Antigua left, Chin Coleman, I loved playing with him, Io left. Like there's just uncertainty there now. And maybe I just want to try something different. Maybe I, I want to see if John Calipari, who's created so many NBA players, maybe he's got the key uh, to, to, to making me an NBA player. I, I don't know. Like, But the rational side of me, Joey, says, like, man, it makes a lot of sense to stay here. But not all these things are just that, you know, on paper, cut and dry. Right. And I also think with Kofi and NIL, wherever he goes is going to be a team that is going to have a lot of eyes on it. You know, whether that's Illinois, whether that's Kentucky, that's going to help. Right. I mean, if if you're on national TV so many times, you know, in the season, people are going to know who you are. And, and his play, obviously, is, is going to get him off. So I think that market factors in. There was something at the end of his the ESPN report today where he had talked about showcasing a mid-range jump shot, um, which was interesting to me, not because I don't think he has it. I think we've obviously seen some of his better moments at the free throw line indicated like you don't expect to see it. It's like, okay, I, I could, you know, I could see how he would have one, but if you're a coach, you have to pitch that, that, Hey, I understand the NBA is interested in perhaps seeing more of this from you even though realistically, if you're any coach, your best option is to put him back to the basket, get your automatic two and go down the other way. Right. But, but I, I I'm curious how much that plays into it. Uh, you know, NIL, I mean, Jeremy, you nailed it the last year. Maybe this situation isn't the same. Maybe Kofi's playing wherever, uh, getting a paycheck, but it is hard to imagine that there would be a bigger, well, let's be fair. Kofi's going to have a market for NIL literally any place right. he steps, uh, be it Kentucky, be it Illinois, or anywhere else in the country. But you're right. I, I mean, people would be so jazzed up to have him back. They would buy every shirt or, or whatever the case may be that they could get their hands on. They would support every 
cameo or whatever the, the app may be to to get him to say hey how you doing to you so i i don't i think to that point that's a really if you're illinois you'd think that's a good sell right i mean yeah. your market is already the floor here is so much higher than it is for for anywhere else and the ceiling you know we'll, we'll see where that could go um I, we just don't know i mean that was frankly today was the first time we had seen quotes right. from kofi about anything so we don't know exactly what is you know what is the hierarchy of what he's interested in as, as he makes this decision and how long it's going to take to check off the boxes so it a lot of it's speculation it's been like that for longer than a week but I, there are some tea leaves I, I think nil is is a huge deal and, and look that's not exclusive to Kofi Coburn by the way everybody wants a piece of this NIL operation and Kofi just happens to be somebody who would be one of the two most marketable guys on his team along with Curbelo so we'll see at Jamaica you know we talked about this with Andre Curbelo in Puerto Rico and New York and Kofi would have a very similar opportunity there but again that happens anywhere right yeah I mean Kentucky's going to be very talented Right, like Ty Ty Washington's going to be a point guard there. They've gotten some transfers. Um, you know, C.J. Frederick is now there. So Kentucky's trying to raid everybody, and boy, they really seem focused on raiding Illinois this offseason of a lot of, you know, valuable pieces of, of turning this program around. Um, so, hey, Kentucky, I get why that would have a lot of appeal or if there's another program there. Uh, but, but even basketball-wise, like, I don't know why Illinois wouldn't be open to some of those things, and maybe that's what maybe that's why Kofi's in the portal. Maybe if you if you're optimistic, Kofi is in the portal because he wants to hear from Illinois. Okay, how do we make this work? Like financially, how are you going to make this better than say a blue blood? Like give me your pitch or give me what your readers or what we're going to do for the next year to where I can make half a million dollars because I, I think that is within the realm of possibilities and. And I think Brad Underwood obviously has embraced that. You've chatted with him about it, Joey. Um, they think Io DeSumo would have made hundreds of thousands of dollars last year. Um, and then you add they've their NIL team has been all over this, right? Like they have a really good team that seems to know um, what they got to do to help these kids market themselves. Illinois can't do it themselves, but I think you also have a fan base and a you know, support system, booster system here at Illinois that would support that. Now that's kind of all above board, right? And what skirts the rules, I don't know anymore. <laughs> that's going to be very interesting to watch. But Kentucky's a powerful force too. They're, they're a very, very powerful force. So maybe Kofi's just trying to get that from Illinois, maybe the basketball part of it. Listen, I think Andre Curbelo playing with him last year should pitch itself to Kofi. Um, you know, playing with Ty Ty Washington and some of those guards at, at Kentucky five-star guards, like, yeah, they're, they're going to be playing in the NBA, but Curbelo might too. And Curbelo might help you if you want to do more pick and pop, right? Get you more opportunities. Uh, but you also got to make your free throws yourself, right? <laughs> to be able to do that. But uh, that, then there's the other part of me, Joey, that I've said this many times, like when a guy enters the transfer portal, I'm never that optimistic that they come back. So I know Illinois is working this and that there's been positive conversations the last couple of days, according to Derek. But like when a guy enters the portal, man, all bets are off. Like I, I think you're, you're facing a, a big battle here. So I, maybe I'm not as optimistic as some other people because entering the portal suggests, man, this guy's really open to leaving, which is, which is crazy to think that Kofi Coburn might play college basketball next year, not in an Illinois uniform. It's 
they, it's both saying they're open to leaving. And it's both. It's also opening the door for other coaches to come in and say, this is why you should leave. And that's, there's going to be a lot of voices who are on the phone trying to get a hold of this guy to try to get him there. And, and every pitch is just one more than they would have had they not been in the portal, right? I mean, every coach who talks to you, if you're not in the portal, you more or less are able to shut it down here. Uh, so I, I do lean a little bit with you where it's like how many, I mean, there's obviously players who go in the portal, return to the same school. That's not, it doesn't happen. But how many? I mean, the odds point in the other direction, more or less. And that's not great if you're in the hope yeah. that COVID maybe this Maybe the situation is different. Maybe it is. I mean, this is an all, again, all Americans don't transfer. Like, they, they don't. Uh, but here, one guy has entered the transfer portal. And, you know, usually when guys enter, they just, they just don't stay. So, like... You know, there's the, I'm, I'm trying to put the pros and cons of everything going in here. And I think there's a lot of pros on Illinois side here, but that doesn't always, you know, like somebody else might feel something differently. Kofi or people around him might feel something differently. If you're Illinois, as we talk about NIL, I am pitching. Uh, my, yes, you can't pitch. Right. But but if you're Kofi, you're looking at Chicago. Northwestern is not what it was a few years ago. And. And we've seen pretty quickly, Iota Sumu left his billboards everywhere with the Illinois lottery. So I, I think for us, what we have to do is kind of zoom out a little bit. Like what, a lot of people here in IL, they think what is around Champaign-Urbana or around Lexington, Kentucky, but zoom out a little bit. What are the possibilities elsewhere? And if that's, you know, maybe that's something that could entice them. I don't, I don't know. Um, you would think comfort would be important, but again, it could be comfort with Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman. So I, for every pro, Jeremy, or every con, I come up with an otherwise. So yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I just don't. I, I don't think we expected to be sitting here discussing this literally like six days ago. What do you think if he leaves? Like, what what'll be your thoughts if he leaves? Where does he go? Right. I mean, if he goes to Kentucky, I would say I I can see that. Right. I get it. I, I still think there's a very reasonable argument for Illinois and one that like, I would still be shocked because he's a second team all American who left the place who's a second team all American at, but that would tell us how strong the connection with Orlando and in chin is. If he goes elsewhere, I've got so many questions. Yeah. Just a ton. So that would, su- that would suggest something, something more very personal, right? It would have to be something very personal. Right. So uh, to me, I, I keep, as I think of this, and you know, maybe someone's going to try to get involved, but it's like, okay, how do you beat the, the relationship you built and the, the status you built for yourself at Illinois? And with Brad, like, let's be honest, as we've talked to Kofi the last few years, it's not like he doesn't know Brad Underwood, right? Like he, he seemingly, they seem to work well, us, they seem to work well with each other. Cause right. Kofi, like so many big men, and this is a generalization, it's not fair to all of them. But there's so many guys who are seven foot or six nine to six, you know, eleven that play basketball because they're told to play basketball and they're good at it because they're very tall and athletic, right? Um, and then it's kind of hard to push them sometimes. Like you can tell that maybe some of the like the, the six foot guard is a little bit more in love with the game and pushes himself a little bit more. That's not true, of Kofi. And, and Kofi seems to react well to Brad's hard coaching and and you know brad loves that that kofi wants to be great wants to be better so it seems like it's worked out well for them but it's, it's clear like orlando and you know even you know i've mentioned him before adam fletcher and kofi seem very very tight as well 
I was going to mention Adam Fletcher and, and Kofi. I mean, he, he has been very vocal about how much Adam Fletcher helped him with, with his game. So you know, th- that's what I'm saying. If, to me, it's like, okay, the relationship with Brad, the status you built, Fletch, you've got Curbelo, Trent, DeMonte, these guys who who you know. I mean, objectively, you know more people on the Illinois basketball team and around the program than you probably do at Kentucky. I know recruiting is a you know pretty well-connected world, and you know a lot of people you've come up with in roughly the same age. But, it, you know, it's like established everything at Illinois and a, a, some very powerful, if it goes that way at Kentucky, established relationships. Okay, so now I'm going to look at this through the. I think we covered like the really skeptical version of this. I think the optimistic version of this would be Kofi is really playing this well, and that like he is building up like, hey, put 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 together a good package for me here, uh, le- leveraging this well, and then all of a sudden he decides to come back to Illinois as this conquering hero again like oh he almost left us and now he's here we appreciate him even more right and and boy the nli opportunities come flowing in for him um that would be i mean i never thought they'd get three years of kofi coburn um you know maybe i did at some points i didn't know if he'd be an nba player but i just thought hey he's gonna be 22 years old in september and he's just gonna want to move on and play college ball but now it's a different world in college basketball. And you had Kofi Coburn with Andre Curbelo. And we'll talk about another potential transfer you can add here as well. But even if you don't get Dawson Garcia, but you just bring Kofi Coburn to the current roster, that's a Big Ten contender. I don't know if they're as good as Michigan with Hunter Dickinson back. I don't know if they're as good as Purdue with Trevion Williams and Jaden Ivey and you know all those guys coming back. But that team is, is in that realm. Like They would be in the top tier of the Big Ten, potentially with two All-Big Ten candidates and – potentially the preseason Big Ten player of the year. And Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams right. and Jacob Grandison and, and the list of Colin Hawkins, the list kind of goes on. I mean, Austin Hutcherson. Austin Hutcherson, glass half full. Illinois could be like three weeks away from like skyrocketing up everything or whatever the timeline is. We really don't know. Um, and that is – a way different outlook. And by the way, they would have this, this NCAA tournament experience in their pocket, which I don't think really held me back in thinking how good last year's team was, but maybe some people thought like that 1920 team really had there been a tournament could have helped, you know, lead the way there a little bit. Uh, so glass half full, probably like glass full, full, right? I mean, like the, that would be out of, if that came down to it, right? You look at this off season and the coaching changes, uh, the transfer portal, all of this, and you still come out in a pretty good spot. I mean, if you're Brad, you're he's a big walker, I guess. You're strutting through the streets of Champagne because somehow you've pieced all of this together in a way that really, if I, if you would have told me, Jeremy, when they left Indianapolis in March that this was going to be coming down the pike, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is, ooh, that, that's tough. And if so if it does go that way, that's a huge win for Brad, for Chester, for Jeff Alexander, the the coach to be named at some point in the world. I mean, that's a huge win. All right, when we come back. I mean, Kofi's not the only big transfer decision coming up, and the other one might come sooner. So let's talk about that next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Yeah, Kofi has taken all of the kind of focus away from Illinois potentially adding an all-Big Ten caliber player here, Joey. Dawson Garcia, the Marquette transfer, everything Illinois has wanted in a four and needed in a four, 
is coming down to decision time, and it could come at, at any moment in the next couple days here, uh, but average 13.6 rebounds, shot well from three, can really take it off the bounce. Maybe not an elite rebounder, but a good rebounder uh, and can block some shots as well. Just really versatile player that showed really well at the NBA G League camp, better than Kofi, and he decided to come back to school, uh, but he is considering four, four schools right now Illinois is one of them. He took an official visit last week. He took a visit to North Carolina. He took a visit to Arizona. And he's also considering coming back to Marquette, though, for a different coaching staff. Steve Wojciechowski fired. Shaka Smart is in there. Um, This one, like, get one of these. I've said this before. Get one of these two guys, and Illinois all of a sudden is potentially battling in the top five of the Big Ten, towards the top of the Big Ten. Get two of them. You might be the favorite. Uh, But no matter what, what happens with Kofi, like, Dawson Garcia is a season changer for Illinois. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think the the potential of him picking Illinois has him kind of overshadowed a little bit by Kofi, right? But don't overshadow it because that is the piece. I mean, you can go down every year on the roster and say Brad has been missing this exact piece as a stretch for a guy who's just a nightmare to deal with if you're a defense and suddenly that is it's, it's you or three other options here that that's pretty close I mean I don't how close was the last time Brad was was this close to that I mean you'd probably go back to to EJ right I, I mean I and how close was that we don't know but TJ Holyfield was one yeah, they were in with Texas Tech won that one forgot about that one but it's a big deal man and even that can change how this season is viewed at least right now and and obviously there's still a lot of things they have to play together right and get used to each other however that works out but that's a that would be sizable that that would be a huge late addition too right i mean it's we're into july here and it's an interesting place to be with him making a decision before kofi when when Illinois started this, they probably didn't think Kofi coming back, like if they started their pursuit of Garcia, probably didn't think Kofi was going to come back to college. Or maybe, maybe I don't have that wrong, but it just was less hanging over. And I talked about this with Derek yesterday. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a better pitch with, with Kofi there, where it's like, hey, you can get so many more opportunities in this offense. You got Curbelo feeding you the ball. You got Kofi drawing double teams. Man, you're, you're going to have so much space to operate with. Uh, but there's also you're competing for touches, right, if, if Kofi decided to come back. But my whole deal is, like, Kofi's going to take time, and you, you go as hard as possible for Kofi Coburn because – he is one of the best players in college basketball. He's one of the legends of your program. But if Illinois lands Dawson Garcia, that is monstrous, absolutely monstrous uh, for what Illinois' program trajectory is and really for what the season is. But, I mean, we're talking about if they don't get either of these guys, Joey, there's going to be a drop-off. Obviously, from a one seed to the, the most wins in the Big Ten regular season to all of a sudden middle of the Big Ten, right, most likely. If you get Dawson, I think you can compete towards the top of the Big Ten. If you get both of them, obviously you're probably the favorite here in the Big Ten. But if you just get Kofi, you're one of the top players in the Big Ten as well. So um, I think it'd be great if you can get Dawson Garcia on board first because you'd know at least like you're going to take a step forward even if you do lose, um, or at least from where you are right now, even if you do lose Kofi Coburn to another school. Yeah, there's still a lot of ball game left for what this front court looks like and here's the thing with both Kofi and Dawson Garcia anywhere 
as we start to evaluate what are the likeliest or what we think, obviously we know the four likeliest destinations for Dawson Garcia and what we suspect could be for Kofi, you're going to be, I mean, the touches pitch really kind of is null and void because everywhere those guys are looking, there's going to be a lot of players who are trying to, to score and to get the ball and to make play. So maybe some places will have a stronger pitch than others, but if it's all about touches, you just go back to Marquette, right? Like right, that's, right. that's what I would do. So th- that's interesting. But if, if you're trying to pitch Dawson Garcia, you say, Hey, you're exactly right. Hey, there's a seven footer. We hope is going to be down there taking some pressure off of you. And, and by the way, it's, it's our intent. And I think as you look at this on paper, we're going to have some pretty good shooters around you also. And, arguably one of somebody who could end up by maybe he'll start this way. I don't know, but by January being one of the best point guards in college basketball or, or somewhere within that conversation. So the pitch is strong. There's a lot of dominoes that if they fall a certain way, it's very weird to think about that where we are in the the calendar right now. Yeah. But if some of these dominoes fall a certain way, Holy smokes. And if they don't, Maybe kind of holy smokes a little bit the other way. Um, oh, absolutely. Like, I think, I mean, what, what would you rank the most likeliest? I mean, this is just us speculating. Like, we're not as plugged in as, as Derek on some of this stuff. But, like, if you told me today I can either get one of these two or roll the dice, potentially get two or potentially get zero, just give me one. Like, that, that's that's how I would play that game. I, I would play the game that way. Like, just give me one of them, and I will be very happy with where we are moving forward. Uh, maybe some people are more, um, you know, open to risk than I would be. This is why I don't invest very much in the stock market or things like that. That's why I don't gamble on sports. Uh, just, just give me what I know. Um, but, yeah, you can't play that game in recruiting. That's what makes this whole recruiting thing so interesting is – you know, you can't just say, yep, I'm just going to take one of those and you get it. You have to, you have to close on the deal and have all of these kind of juggling in the air at once. As I speculate though, I'm not sure. I, I don't know that one will have an impact on the other. Yeah. I mean, if, if two different, but yeah, I mean, if, if you go to, if you're part of the program, you go to bed at night, just fingers crossed, like, okay, just, just get me one. We're still going to fight like crazy to get two. If we, if that's on the table and let's also be clear. I know some people are, maybe a little frustrated with, with the process that Kofi has taken and deciding what he's going to do next. Uh, I, and I understand a lot of that is rooted in just trying to come to terms with what college basketball and college athletics is kind of better get used to it. Yeah. Kind of evolving to here, but there is no scenario in the world where you should ever at any point ever say, just pass on Kofi and let's move on. Just none. That doesn't exist. It's not something that should happen. It, you fight for that recruitment. Can you imagine if Brad Underwood came out tomorrow and said, ah, Kofi left us. We're, no, we're, we're, you don't do that. Like, this is... He would be run out of town. He would be run out of town. You, you Rightfully so. That's what I, I mean. You fight until the very bitter end and you hope you win it, but you never stop fighting for someone like Kofi Coburn. He was an All-American. His yes. jersey yeah you could say that for number eight or nine on the roster or uh, maybe maybe even four or five right not for an all-american like it's, it's a different word it's a meritocracy right like let's let's be honest with each other we can all talk about team and this player is equal to that player like tom brady is the, just as important uh, the long snapper no no that's not that's not the case and name image likeness i, I think well i mean obviously right but so, so you fight until you have to stop fighting or until you're told you've lost the fight or until you close it. But 
I, again, I, I don't think you get Dawson Garcia if that were to be the case and say, whew, let's put our feet up and relax. You say, whew, look, there's still, look what's in front of us here. And oh my gosh. So yeah, if you land Dawson Garcia, you at least know you have hedged a little bit, right? Like you've, you've elevated the floor to where I think you can be a top five team. Uh, and I would project them to be a top five team in the Big Ten with all those things you're like, you're, we're talking about. I mean, Omar Payne was a nice ad. Alfonso Plummer's a nice ad. Like uh, those freshmen, I don't think you're going to have to count on very much because you get Demonte Williams and Trent Frazier back. And I think Demonte gets overlooked a little bit with, with him coming back. Grandison Hutcherson, hopefully Hutcherson's healthy. Like um, you haven't yet the nice team with Dawson Garcia, like an, an NCAA tournament team and one that I think could be a lot of fun next year. Um, if you don't land them, it's all in on Kofi. And if you don't land Kofi, we're looking at a team that middle of the Big Ten and probably fighting for an NCAA tournament berth, I would think, at, at some point. Yeah, and you, you've really got to maximize who you have on your team. You know, th- there's less room for, Air. you know, if you don't get either, then you've really got to hope you can get Omar Payne to where you believe he can be and do it pretty quickly, right? But to, I was thinking about this earlier, Jeremy. This is the first time, I believe, in Brad's tenure that we're not going into a season like, okay, they need one or more freshmen to really, really step. No, I think, I think you'll probably see some freshmen who do step into a, you know, some sort of role, but in the past it had been like, okay, they need Adam Miller. They need Andre Corbello to really, really go. They need Kofi Coburn to really, really go. They need Io DeSumo to really, really go. And now as you look at this, it's like, if they can get a Luke Goody, or an R.J. Melendez, or a Brandon Podzimski to really, really go, then that, again, Bonus. changes a little bit of the calculus. Uh, and expected maybe some some progress for Coleman Hawkins here, you know, see where he goes. Because if, you, if you don't get Garcia or Coburn back, Coleman Hawkins has to be good, or has to be at least impactful. Like Austin Hutcherson, we can sit here and talk about him as an X factor if Garcia or Coburn comes or both of them come, right? It's like, oh my God, what a bonus he could be at 23. Is he 23, I think, years old? Like, what he could be as this athlete who's long and can shoot the, the cover off a ball in these videos online, right? Um, but, like, if those guys aren't here, those guys are really important pieces to your team. And maybe they're good, but they're complete unknowns. That's why you could go from, like, if neither Kofi or Dawson Garcia comes to Illinois could you make a case that that team could be a six seed or seven seed in the NCAA tournament? If everything goes right. Yeah. But if not everything goes right or somebody gets hurt, you're, you're looking at a team that might be on the wrong side of the bubble. Uh, if things don't go that well, while Garcia, if he comes or Kofi comes, like you're going to make an NCAA tournament. There's no question about that. It's just how high can you be in the seating? How high can you finish in the big 10? You know, it's, it's crazy. Jeremy last year with COVID as the schedule, like really, really changed. It was like, okay, it's whatever month it is. And we still don't know what IO, I think IO announced in the early part of July, if I'm not late July, early August, back to back for those two. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And now it's, it's not going to be that late, but it is still July and there is still a lot of like impactful decisions looking down and Brad has kind of talked about this before. It used to not be, you know, it used to be you go into July, you pretty much know what you've got going and, and onward you go. And, and there's just not a lot of rest right now. Um, eventually maybe the schedule will change, but I I'm with all the transfer rules and the leave the draft. I mean, there's, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me where we are, that there's still so much out there that could change quite literally everything. 
I need to commission Derek Piper a book on the 2021 Illinois basketball offseason. Like, this has been nuts. Absolutely nuts. And, like, I know Illinois fans, like, they, it's, it's woes. I get it, man. Like, right now, I, I totally get why all of you are just like, why, why? This, is, this is entertaining, but, like, I, I don't like this kind of entertainment. It's almost like this thriller, and you're not sure if it's going to be a happy ending or a really, really depressing ending at the end of it. Now, I think, I think Illinois basketball, I've said this, they'll be fine, but they could really be fine if they get one of these two players or both of these players um, and, and not have to sweat out an NCAA tournament selection next year. Look, uh, Jeremy, you and I interact with or see a lot of Illinois fans, and, and we know that they are just kind of perpetually waiting for the next stomach punch yeah. a little bit right and, and i think stomach or happened, stomach or another area yeah sure so so i think what happened was last year that it was like okay before covid illinois was hitting their stretch on the basketball floor and you started to kind of feel quote unquote back and then last year i think they put their guard down like the, the guard that they have up for their own personal reasons and like back and then all of a sudden it's a little bit of a rocky road, and I'm with you. I, I, I still think Illinois basketball is back. You know, you can debate what back <laughs> is, but I think they're in a, a good spot, and they will be long-term. But I think it's just they finally had gotten excited, and then it's like, oh, my gosh, this is not the same <laughs> nucleus of everything as it was when I really, really bought in. What I give to have, like, a beer with Brad Underwood right now, because everything Illinois fans are going through, what do you think that guy – is going through. I would want like four beers so I could really, really know what Brad Underwood is. You know, I, I do wonder that, and I, and I hope one day, whether it be to us or someone else, he, he kind of. I think there's a way you can share what this was like without dunking on anyone or without, you know, slant. I, I just think that this this had to have been tough, right? I mean, it. We're speculating here. We don't know. Brad hasn't shared that with us, and. It, Look, he probably never will. But this has been an off-season of a lot of change. I mean, I remember, Jeremy, we did a podcast, I don't months or whatever, April, May, and I think we got like the winds of change. And they're still howling. That's right. That's right. That's a good way of putting it. It might be the title of this thing. Um, So I'm I'm sitting here thinking, Joey, like he mentioned when he talked about Chester or, or Jeff Alexander, he's used the word loyalty a lot. Right. So as I, I think of myself like putting myself in his shoes, you know, Orlando put in so much work and Chin put in so much work. And I can't I've said this over and over again. I cannot blame those guys for going to Kentucky. I, I think that is good for their careers, no matter if Illinois fans want to hear that or not. It's Kentucky. It's John Calipari. It's a blue blood that helps their careers. And, and what Chin has done in 10 years, going from AU coach to that unbelievable rise, Orlando, he and John Calipari have a history and a great history together. Stephen Gentry, can't blame him for going to his alma mater after a couple great years at Illinois. But but Brad's got to be sitting there going like, look what we did together. And now, even if I understand all of this, it still stinks that all those guys left. So what's he do? He goes and gets an alum, right? And Chester Frazier bleeds this place. Then he goes and gets Jeff Alexander, promotes him. And says, Man, you want to be here. You want this job really, really bad. And I think you're really good, more so than a lot of people think. So I, I think he's shown that a little bit of like how he feels about, you know, what he wants in this program through his actions. I think he's shown that like, you know, loyalty still matters to him. It's just this 
this is more of a business. This isn't, you know, hey, we all play as a team. Like these players are individual brands, and somehow you got to make it all work together. These coaches are individual brands, and you got to probably reset it almost every year now. And that's got to be frustrating for an old school guy like Brad, uh, but he's got to adapt to it. I think he knows, like, hey, if I want to be a college basketball coach, this is what I have to do. This is how we have to go about it, and I got to find a way to be successful doing it. And I think he's done a pretty good job, at least from what we've seen from afar um, in adapting to it, right? Because if if it was just it's all loyalty, it's all this, then he does what some fans maybe would say and say, okay, we're, we're out of this, this Kofi sweepstakes, even as foolish as that would be. But I, I think he understands his emerging of loyalty and his culture that he's gone in on, on building and explaining to us and also recognizing that you've got to meet brands halfway in the middle and you've got to meet players and coaches in the middle and kudos to him because he is a, a kind of an old school coach almost feels like a knock and, yeah. and I don't, and, and I don't mean it to be, but I think it coach. I mean, there are a lot of coaches we've seen who are like, this is just not what I signed up for right. uh, back when I signed up to do this. So it, he's, you know, we're seeing him find his way through riding this wave and adapting to what this is going to be. And and you've got to, right? I mean, you don't really have a choice if you're a college coach. If you're not trying to adapt, you're not trying to win. And yeah, I'm thinking of who's really succeeding in the Big Ten right now. It's Juwan Howard, right? Like Juwan is, is crushing it because he can understand these kids uh, because he's been a superstar college athletes been in the NBA he understands all of that melding and how that all works together uh, and maybe being outside the college game is giving him an advantage uh, you know that some haven't now Matt Painter's kind of found this old school kind of thing now he dealt with a little bit of turnover last year from a couple guys you know Matt Harms leaving that program um, you know a couple other transfers so he's dealt with that but he's found kind of how he wants to build the program um, and, and it's worked for him um, so I'm interested to see how how Bragg goes about this, um, you know, moving forward. Is it more the Juwan Howard way or Matt Painter way? I imagine it's more kind of Painter, but Painter still gets really, really good talent because he wins basketball games, and Brad continues to get really good talent because he's winning basketball games. So it's just interesting how it's all happening. While Tom Izzo seems to be struggling just a little bit, right? Kind of like you know, Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky adapting to this. It obviously was pretty difficult for them. I mean, they're recruiting well but maybe not dominating as much as some of these, as much as they had in the past. You know, I'll also say I read an article, I think it was more football related, but you could, you could expand it to basketball. It's could NIL create more parity, right? I mean, are are there more chances to be a star here versus a star, but not a, you know, maybe not as big of a star elsewhere. And, and could that kind of shift how many of these super teams more or less that you see and, and that'll be an interesting thing. We're not going to know the answer in its entirety now. We're not going to know it all next year. But I think over the course of the next few years, as NIL really starts to get sorted out and understood in the way that it's going to exist for long term, we maybe we'll start seeing some of this. And and I'm curious which way Brad goes. I mean, I think we've seen him in the middle, to be honest. He has gotten into the transfer portal. Uh, early on, when you look at someone like Adonis De La Rosa or, or even, I think, was he the only tra- – or Hutcherson or Grandison, it was, okay, positions of need, right? And, and he, wanted, he loved the sit-out year. He loved them sitting out 
to potentially replace Io. That was the idea was that they, he could replace Io and they could stay old. Like that was get old, stay old. He thought those two could be a big part of it. Yeah. So I'll be curious what this all looks like down the road, but I, I will say, and maybe it won't always be like this, or maybe it'll, it will always be like this, but Brad has done a good job of just being present in the middle. I, I think the middle is really a, a a pretty good place to be. I mean, it's hedging quite a lot, but you know, it, it's hard to go all in on one thing because you're always going to compromise elsewhere. If you do that in some capacity, I, I, maybe I don't think you can go all in on high school kids. Right. I, I think, you know, you got to go both. You got to go both ways. Cause you never know when somebody could, could transfer. Like I never thought Adam Miller would transfer after the year he had, which I thought was pretty good, but it, it didn't fit. In the portal. And yeah, I was about to go there. Like, and I never thought Kofi would transfer to another school, but that is a possibility today. So you have to continually kind of find this mix. And I think every off season is going to be really interesting. It's just going to be really interesting. And, and the coaches who can handle that and kind of roll with the punches are going to be the ones that be, can be successful. And to be honest with you, I think Brad has rolled with the punches extremely well. I think this offseason, whether they land Garcia or Coburn, remains to be seen. But I think he's rolled with the punches. I think he's gotten a couple staffers that make sense. He's gotten some recruits. He's gotten some transfers I really like. Uh, but, boy, uh, he's got two more that can definitely change his his tenure and the, the next season ahead. All right, Joey Reiner, I think we covered every angle of that. And uh, I'm sure we'll have more news to react to very shortly. Thank you, as always, man. Yeah. Well, there you go. No other way to say it except a big couple weeks ahead for Illinois basketball. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us. We appreciate that. And don't forget about the latest great deal at IlliniEnquirer.com. $1 for your first month of VIP access. And not a better month to do it than July, which is always crazy with basketball recruiting and everything that goes along with it. But uh, especially with Kofi, Dawson Garcia, everything going on, it is good to be a part of the VIP experience, including all our VIP content and our VIP message board where we tend to post a lot of buzz about what's going on as well. Again, thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.